Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell in a shirt that I have never seen him wear before. Yeah, it's a, a Pistons basketball shirt. It's old, actually. It's not new. I've never, I've never seen you wear that before. So that that's good. You're you're digging deeper into your closet. Yeah, with with every passing day. Um, I have a question though before we start. Do you like regular M and M's or the M and M's with peanuts in them? Uh, peanut M and M's suck. So there you go. Got them right here. Big Skittles guy, for being honest. M and M's I used to think were supposed to taste different based on the color, and I was really disappointed when I was a child and figured out they don't. So we're not a big M and M guy. Okay. All right, not a big M and M guy, Colin Mitchell. There we go. Um, last time we did a podcast, Colin, it was a basketball podcast. Um, I don't know, talking, you know, now they're five and one at this point. They beat La Tech. We said we weren't going to talk basketball on here because uh, kind of want to wrap everything up and after that FAU game. But uh, good win from the basketball team. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we'll see if they can uh, keep it going. I saw uh, the tweet uh, the team put out. This is the straight year that they started five and one in conference. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? That is kind of crazy. Shout out Grant. That's all I can say. Shout out Grant. Okay. <coughs> all right, let's, let's talk football. Please get your life together here. Let's talk football. North Texas brings in three transfers. They, they brought in more players over the past couple weeks, but three transfers uh, this week. Yep. Um, quarterback Chandler Rogers from ULM, UL Monroe. Um, you have the names of the two offensive linemen. So I'll throw that to you. You want me to say him right now? Yes, I do. Larry Moore the third from Texas Tech, and I can't say this name. Paul 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 Paula Paul, Paul, Sorry, butchered that. Anyways, he played at Georgia Tech, uh, and he actually started last year. Or yeah, I guess that would be 2021 season. So he started last year. No, the 2022 season. And then they He's... didn't update the 2022 season on the That's on okay. the Georgia Tech website. But he played That's eight right. games as a freshman. So That's all right. Well, I'll get into my takes right now. Okay. Start with those, we'll start with those offensive linemen. Um, in theory, I think Eric Morris is in a really good spot coming in. Offensive line-wise, especially. Like, you think about what they had. Obviously, you lose Mose. Um, you're going to lose a couple players off that. But you keep if you keep Gabe Blair and you keep a lot of those young players that have continued to develop, I think they're in a good spot with offensive line depth. They're not like where Seth Luttrell was when he took over. And that's right. That's the whole, you know, that's what we've talked about forever over the past month. It's like this job has elevated for multiple reasons because of Seth Luttrell. But now Eric Morris is coming in with um, different expectations because it's a different situation. It's a very, very different situation. And I think offensive line kind of epitomizes that because, yes, they add those two transfers from five schools. But they're already in a pretty good spot, I'd say. Um, you know, you're going to lose players here and there. And you're, like most have been there for five years, six years, so whatever. But I think they're in a really good spot on the offensive line. And that's obviously the most important unit uh, on most teams. So I, I'm glad that they added those two. But I think they were, they were already in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't, I mean, <clears throat> I don't really know a whole, whole lot about the other two guys. I just know that. Uh, the offensive line was good last year and that fills two gaps that, you know, and, and players have to lose. So, um, but the big guy, Chandler Rogers, Bruni quarterback from Louisiana Monroe 
Warhawks. Yes. Do you know where Monroe, Louisiana is, Colin? I don't, but you should. That's right, because I do. Where is it? It's, uh, north. Educate me. Thank you. It's north. north. Wow. So, like, you know how we went to Shreveport? Yeah. It's like if you just kept going that direction, east. You just said it was north. Yeah, well, Shreveport's north. Oh, you're talking north of where you are? Yes, north of where I – well, yeah, north Louisiana. I need to look this up now because I don't <laughs> think you know how to – Shreveport is north. I understand where Shreveport is. If this is what? not in the northern part – like if I, I know where Monroe halves, is. If I had to pick halves – hold on. Short right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You do it. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm I looking know at my laptop. Okay. But yes, you see what I'm saying? It's like if you go to, from yeah, Dallas yeah, yeah. to Shreveport. I got you. I got you. And then just keep going. I got you. You're at Monroe. So that's where Chandler Rogers comes from. Um, well, I mean, he's kind of moved around um, a little bit. Started at Southern Miss in 2019. Redshirted there. Spent a year in junior college. And then spent the last two seasons uh, as, a, as the quarterback at Louisiana Monroe. Um, I watched some tape. Colin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I, I love watching tape. Big tape players. Guy. Uh, big tape guy. Uh, last year, he ended the year um, with 15 touchdowns, seven interceptions, completed 67.5% of his 320 attempts, uh, averaged 200 yards per game. Um, obviously, um, for those who don't know, he can also run the ball. Uh, he gained 600 yards rushing in 12 games. But then, obviously, you have sacks, which subtracted 250 yards, which right. brought him around three, 353. Uh-huh. So, regardless, and if you watch the games, he's, he's pretty mobile. Um, definitely faster than Austin Ani, even though Ani likes to run. <laughs> and a lot of this podcast will be comparing Rodgers to Ani, and I think a lot of even next season might be comparing Rodgers to Ani, just because that's the situation where Texas is in. Um, and I don't think that's wrong, but – they are different quarterbacks, and I think Eric Morris has proven, you know, well, obviously you give him Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech, sure, that's that's whatever. But right. Cameron Ward, Incarnate Ward to Washington State, similar type of quarterback with his mobility. Um, I think with the his delivery is also kind of similar. So he gets kind of a Cameron Ward type quarterback in at North Texas, and I think that's exciting. Yeah, I think the the most exciting thing to me is that I don't like because Seth isn't here. We're not going to be in that seven quarterback room anymore. I feel like once you bring in a guy, it's yes. actually, there's something to be excited about for once. Um, one thing I'm also kind of excited about is the fact that to my knowledge, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Grant Gannell hasn't entered the transfer portal. So it'll be interesting to see how they compete going. And obviously I think Chandler Rogers is the favorite, but we've always wanted to see, you know, what Seth did have and, you know, who knows what could happen in the off season. So I want to go back to your first point here. Because what Seth and them were doing for the past four years, bringing in quarterbacks and like we used to call it scratch, uh, buying lottery tickets. <laughs> yeah, hope- buying scratch-offs. <laughs> yeah, buying scratch-offs and hopefully one of them hit. Um, that's not the norm in college football. Right. Um, you know, I, you, you cover teams across the country. Uh, LSU got Jaden Daniels out of the portal when he started from game one to game 14 for them. Like it's – you get a quarterback that can play, they usually start and play for you. Like when you have Austin Ani at quarterback, if he's if he was your guy, you didn't need to bring in four quarterbacks over the last cycle. But that that's that's another story. But I say that because Chandler Morris, or I'm sorry, uh, Ro- uh, Chandler Rogers. Wow, that is going to be there. You go. 
Okay. We got some work to do on these names. Uh, Chandler Rogers, to me, is clearly added not to compete for the starting job, which obviously there will be competition. You know, like you said, Grant Gannell, all, all the quarterbacks that return will be in competition with him. Chandler Rogers did not go to North Texas to compete for the starting job. Right. He went there to play and to start. And that's what I guarantee you he was promised. Like, that's that's how these things go. These things don't go the way, like I said, last year went. And the year before, that's not how they the go. The last three years. Yeah, that's that's not <laughs> I mean, the norm. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's not we have Austin Ani here, but we want you to come compete for the job of being second string or, or potentially start. But you're obviously probably not at the end yeah. of the day. And I don't want to sound like those additions were – um fake you know it's not like they were being they were lying to them or anything like that but at the end of the day this is how college football works more so yeah all right you add a starter from another school and he's gonna start for you you add a guy who you know what you're getting out of him and he's gonna start for you okay now they didn't add chandler rogers to go add you know a a random quarterback from Mm -hmm. FIU like no they didn't they're not going to keep bringing in these quarterbacks okay right this is what they have and this is where they're going to go we'll see what they do maybe in the February signing period if they bring on a freshman of some sort I don't know obviously the staff has great connections in the DFW area so if there is anybody flying under the radar they'll know about it but still this is the quarterback for 2023 and you can move from there yep Um, I think the most exciting thing for me from an ability perspective i guess two things is one you already kind of mentioned it he's able to run and i feel like although you know eric morris isn't uh seth that's kind of what they've been trying to do with quarterbacks even you know mason his first year he, he tried running a little bit but it's I'm, I'm i like that we finally have a quarterback that's not a jason bean who can only run or is an austin who can only throw the, the the long ball you have kind of the 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 best of both worlds he's accurate 67 percent completion rate and then how happy run. were you when you saw 67 and a half completion percentage? Connor? Honestly, it's like, it's like, it's been so long since I've seen a number that high that it's like that that exists. You know what I mean? Like imagine watching a North Texas game and going, that's going to be a completion more times than not. You know what I mean? Because yeah. 50, 50 something percent, low 50 something percent doesn't feel like it's going to be more times than not, even though it is literally <laughs> because what did Oni finish last year 57 percent something uh, like that? let me see let me see for you i have it you i should be able to get it up 56.5 percent yeah the year before yeah. that he was 52 the year before that let's see if i can pull up 2020 stats on here no i can't regardless you get the picture um it's going to be really interesting to see if he can sustain that type of um consistency and that type of production um, he wasn't out here, you know, slinging the ball a hundred times a game. You know, he wasn't doing that, but maybe he will have to do that more often here. I, I agree with you. I think he's a good runner. I'm not going to lie. I watched the Texas game. Uh, or, you know, I watched the highlights of the Texas game and I watched the highlights of the Texas state game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw him throw three interceptions in those. He ended up with seven on the year, which, you know, isn't bad by any means. Um, but I'm not going to act like he's a perfect quarterback. Right. But... I say that, I say that his talent level at Monroe is, was far, far, far inferior in the Sun Belt to everybody else. And Monroe had a good year. They went four and eight. Like this is not a good football school, Monroe, right? 
So he was going against Coastal Carolina, South Alabama, Army. Um, Wait, Georgia. are you sorry? You kind of worded that way. Were you saying that he was a talent, a talent step above everyone he was playing with? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Like the the players he had around him were ob- were obviously not as talented as him. Right. Like this is this is a clear situation to me. Um, where you, this the Sun Belt is very good, as we've mentioned, Coastal Carolina, South Alabama, Troy. Um, you know, Southern Miss was pretty good this past year. Like you go through those games, they played Texas, they played Alabama. Like this was a very, very challenging schedule and season for him. I think if he goes to North Texas and they can have the skill position players that they've had consistently, and you pair that with his high completion percentage and his mobility, Mm -hmm. it could be the best of both worlds. Like you said, it could be (coughs) what you're missing from Ostani. He doesn't have to light the world on fire. But if he just doesn't throw crippling pick sixes, if he can make some first downs with his legs, yeah, and he can complete a high percentage of his passes with the playmakers that North Texas will have, I mean, and the offensive line that he's going to have, bringing yep. a full circle there, then I think this is a this is a huge huge win. And obviously, um, I know I'm ranting a little bit, but obviously. It all comes back to like we just watched a championship game where Stetson Bennett and Max Duggan, Max Duggan, were in the championship. Like, all quarterbacks are very, very important, but offensively, if you if Eric Morris is the offensive mind that we think he can be and is, then that will do more for um, Ch- uh, Chandler Rogers than anything else. Yeah, well, I think I think another thing too um, is that with Eric Morse coming in, they aren't necessarily pigeonholed to a certain type of style. Kind of like Seth was like, he comes in T high, let it fly, whatever you want to call it. Mason fine comes in. You're used to Mason fine. And then you have to live up to that and try to continue to throw those, you know, this is a reset. I feel like where it's like, this guy comes in, you're not expecting him to be a Mason fine. You're not expecting him to be the four-star recruit that Austin on. was whenever he committed to TCU before being a, mm-hmm. a baseball player. He's coming in to do the things that they've been missing, but I don't think needs to light the world on fire. You know what I mean? You, you mentioned it. The the talent level he's going to have, I was looking right here, their leading rusher in Louisiana Monroe last year, 507 yards rushing, receiving yards 852 receiving, and uh, I think it's six touchdowns. So right then and there, North Texas already has players that surpass that with a worse quarterback. So I think that's the most exciting thing for me is you're not, one, you're not pigeonholing yourself to a certain type of style that – you've committed to and two, like you said, the talent level around him is going to only amplify his skill set. Yeah. Um, I definitely, even if, again, I think if he just keeps it simple and Morris doesn't try to do too much with, I think he did a good job of with Ward pretty much over the past two years. Um, <clears throat> I just, I, I, I have, I have high hopes and I'm cautious saying that because of what we've been through the last three years, Colin. Right. But, to me, the path is is simple. It's simple. You, you get Austin Ani out. You have a guy who's faster than him, who can complete a higher percentage of passes than him, and you know hopefully doesn't throw you know the crippling interceptions. And I think you're you're in a really good spot. Like I watched an interview of Chandler Rogers uh, after he he won the starting job. I think this was two years ago. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is a guy I can get behind. And he's also not 29 years old. And it's like it's just. <laughs> That I don't helps. know. It feels like a completely clean slate. And that's the best part of this <clears throat> is that you have 
you add two offensive linemen, you add Rodgers, and then you have Morris and a whole new coaching staff, and you're going to say, all right, we're starting from the ground up. There is no, like you said, there are no expectations. There is no prior um, seasons to hold you to. We're going to yeah. compare him to, you know, Mason Fine and, and Austin Ani or whatever. But I think for him and for this offense, I'm really, really excited because we'll see how the, how all the position groups shake out, but we know Oscar Attaway will be back. Yep. And we'll see what they can keep and what they do at receiver. But I, I assume it to be a very, very talented receiver room again as well. And now we go into the American with a little bit of expectations. So where do you I, think he would rank if you had to, and obviously we don't know all the American ooh. quarterbacks, where do you think he'd be in terms of, you know, bottom of the pack, middle of the pack, top of the pack. Yeah. Trying to think if he's better than Seth Hennigan at Memphis. Because he's the one I've seen the most in my life. He's the one I've seen most in my life. Well, because he was at Denton Ryan. No, no, no. I know that's, that's just um, the way you were. That was funny. I know. It's just like USF has Jerry Bohannon, who was at Baylor previously, I believe. Um, John Rice Plumley at UC, uh, well, UCF won't be there next year. Um, it's a good question. Like, I think even if he is like a Seth Hennigan esque type quarterback, I think that would be a fantastic pull for this team. Like, Again, I'm not going to go into this season and be like, man, Chandler Rogers, he's going to set the world on fire. Like, he's going to put up Mason Fine stats. Like, I, I sincerely am not going to go into the year expecting that. I'm going to but, expect- but the thing is, is that's, when I, that's not what we're looking for. Whereas we did look at that with Austinani because of the promise of we're going to throw it to every great receiver we have. He has a big arm. Well, because of Seth Luttrell. Well, that, that too. But I also mean just because – you have that prior style already in place. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. we'll just, we'll keep it rolling. He's not going to be Mason, but he should put up similar numbers and that never obviously happened. So that that's, that's, that's the thing I'm excited for most. Now I do think he could put up some numbers. I think he could, I think he'll put up more than 15 and I mean, 15 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Yeah, um, obviously though, I do like the fact that we can, he can use his legs. And I think that's probably the most exciting thing because we've seen North Texas quarterbacks, one, try to do that. And then two also get gashed by it. So it's finally nice yes. to have a quarterback that can do something like that. Yeah, it definitely adds a different element to everything. Um, I'm excited to see more of him. Um, like I said, I mean, I watched the Texas highlights. I thought he made some really good throws in that game. Um, he did miss a throw. That was an interception. Um, uh, he, I watched the Texas State game. I thought he made a few good throws in that. Uh, didn't, didn't push the ball too much down the field, but the short to intermediate throws he was real accurate on for the most part. Uh, tried to force the ball a couple times. We'll see if that can get cleaned up. Again, this all comes back to what we said about Seth Luttrell after Mason Fine is that he was unable to develop quarterbacks. Yeah. With Morris in here and his staff, and that's what their job is. That's what every coaching staff's job is, is to develop <clears throat> quarterbacks. Obviously develop players in general, but quarterback being the most important position if they can get the most out of rogers for he still has got two years left i believe yep sophomore yeah i mean if they can do that we're looking at an offense that can be more efficient and consistent than last year and with you saying that you have an offense more consistent and efficient obviously the americans harder how much do you think this raises expectations for eric morris going to the season because they got a quarterback that we think is 
going to be pretty good. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, that's a good question. How much does it raise expectation? Because because I always me, felt like. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Because no. for me, after the Eric Morris hire, it was, I always thought it was going to be more of a feel out, kind of like the Lions. You know, not this year, but last year, it was like there's some fun stuff happening. You're buying into the culture. Seriously, no, seriously, no, no. You're, I believe you're, bu- you. you're buying into the culture, but you're not expecting anything because you know Jared Goff last year. Everyone knows the whole Jared Goff story. He's not he's not great. But now you get a quarterback that you think is above average. You have the receiving core that, you know, is developing. You have Oscar Attaway still. You have an offensive line. You have the the coach that, you know, isn't saying bite off kneecaps, but is a proven track record. I think that that raises, expect, raises expectations more so than, you know, it puts a level of expectation. You know, now you can't go into the season going, ah, if we win five games, it's okay. I mean, and that could still be okay, depending on how the first couple of games shake out. But in, in my head, it's like, okay, well, now I expect something out of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we'll learn a lot more since there is a capable quarterback. Right. Like, Stone Rose not starting a quarterback on this team. Oh, absolutely not. Like, that. that's what I'm saying. It's like, we will know what we have a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point. So, um, for me, I don't know how much it raises expectations because I don't know when I'll be able to put a number on what I want from this season. Well, I don't. Um, I don't mean necessarily wins. I just mean in terms of really the see. eye test. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, for example, this year they were winning games, but we all we all knew it was really happening. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, so, so what is what is what does the eye test look for you? I mean, don't put a number on it, but like, what do you expect to yeah. see? Like, what if Chandler Moore, Ch- Chandler Morris, Chandler Rogers? You keep see, you I did it. I did it. You got me with that now. What if Chandler Rogers comes in here and, and does the same thing, fifteen and seven for four rushing touchdowns or whatever he had? Like, is that disappointing to you, or is that acceptable to you? I think I think it's it's interesting to put a number on on something like that. Yeah. Where if you because if you bring in a guy, that means that that's the guy that you wanted, and I think he should overperform than what he did his last school. No, you're right, 100. percent I definitely think he should be putting up better numbers than what he did, and because Eric Morris is such a um, an offensive young offensive mind that has had experience with very good quarterbacks that have been mobile, like this should play right into his hands. Right. Like this is if you're picking out, if you're drawing the perfect quarterback for Eric Morris in year one, like obviously if you lower your standards to like be realistic, this is yeah. about as good as you could have done. Oh, for sure. Like, this sure. fits the mold of Eric Morris quarterbacks over the past decade. Like, it just fits it. And so, with that being the case, I'm excited to see what it does because, like you said, now this isn't some, okay, let's figure out how to build an offense around a guy who can't run, you know, or build an offense around a guy who can only run, you know. He has the quarterback that can do both, that that will obviously take some time to learn his his offense, but at the end of the day, he seems like a smart enough guy, and Eric Moore seems like a smart enough coach to where if you can get Cameron Ward, and we talked about Cameron Ward's history before, how he was an unranked player. Same as Chandler um, Rogers. Yeah. Like, if you can get that to Washington State, you can get Chandler Rogers to perform at a high level in the American. And I Agreed. think that's a good point that you make um, going into the year that it does raise some expectations of what we see offensively. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So where do you think the team goes from here? Oh, my god! To finish it all up. You have your quarterback. You got two offensive linemen. What's missing for Matthew Bruni? 
I need to see um I need to see how how many players how many spots they kind of had available from the transfer portal. Like I need to see the transfer portal in and out thing. I know on three does one, but I don't know if I'll find it in time. But like at the receiver position, if they have if let's say they take a small step back at the receiver's position, right? Yeah. Like just a, 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 a you know a regular step back. Let's say some players go. Um, I still think they're in a good spot there. I think they're in a good spot at running back still. Um, depending on who come who goes, um, who moves on or who stays, uh, we know Oscar should be back. Um, I mean, offensively, I think they're pretty much set. I've already said that the offensive line is the most important part. If they get that done, then that's you got your offensive line, you got your quarterback, you got your running back. Yeah, I mean, look. Again, I'll repeat myself. Like I said at the beginning, they—he's not coming into this job with an empty, an empty cupboard. Like, an, there's no empty, empty pantry here. It, there, it's stocked a little bit. You know, it's it's not completely open. Or it's not right. completely full. Um, I think maybe a, a quick fifty dollars trip to the grocery store. We'll get get it there. Does that sound about right? I mean, sure. I guess. I mean, I, I bring that get up some desserts, some things I, that he doesn't need. I bring that up only because their recruiting rankings are so low. Um, oh yeah. Pass. I mean, that's how it's going to be um, when, when you get a new coach. And also because the previous staff was so invested in being good this year. Right. I don't yeah. know how much, and I won't say they didn't recruit, but they didn't sign many players at all. So, and they went JUCO heavy in a lot of spots. So, yeah, it's not an ideal position when you look at the future, but I mean, when you look at this coming year, I think they're in a good spot for sure. So, we'll see for sure. All right, that gets us twenty-five minutes. I think we did a good job. How are you feeling? Good. 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 Um, I have four M and M's here. I didn't eat them. I was going to eat them during the podcast, but I didn't. I can't believe you don't like peanut M&Ms. It's kind of, I just, it never interested me. I like, wish I had a story like, to tell everybody, but I don't. Do you like Reese's? Time. Oh, yeah. We're not going to do court, call in story time? Uh, it's only no, been it's okay. like five days. I don't, don't I don't think I have a story. It's okay. Um. Well, anyways, that's all we got for y'all today. Uh, we'll be back after the FAU basketball game, which is on Saturday. Uh, Big game. Saturday night or Sunday morning or Sunday whenever. I don't know. We'll see when we do it. But uh, big, big game in Boca Raton. Uh, we'll see if North Texas pulls it off. If they pull that off, then we we <laughs> charge back up the uh, the good old at-large bid campaign and say, hey. That's what they're playing for on Saturday, hey, man. Hey, put, put us in the tournament. That is what they're UAB is not making the tournament anymore. I'll tell you that. They are definitely not. And let me tell you, honestly, the fact that the conference is so competitive in years past, I'd say that that would hurt hurt them. I think it almost helps them. It helps the top teams in a way because the other teams are ranked so highly coming into the season. Western, well, UAB. I mean, UAB, honestly, though, their fall from grace has just been almost sad, <laughs> like in a way. We, we're going to joke on them and then they're just going to go win the tournament. Yeah, they're gonna be and like a like a six seed. Yeah, and it's not gonna matter. They're just gonna win the tournament and make it make the NCAA tournament. Then they'll, then they'll win they'll win two games in the NCAA tournament. Right, they're gonna make the Sweet Sixteen, which can be like, how did this? How yeah, did how, this how did this happen? How did this happen? Like, I just I never would have seen this. Lose three straight in conference play, losing to Western Kentucky at home is inex- is might be more inexcusable than the FIU loss. There, I said it. 
Honestly, yeah, with how with how Western was playing, Western's not a good basketball team. I agree. I agree so, with that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if UAB does it. But anyways, uh, yeah, big game on Saturday night. Uh, check that one out. North Texas versus FAU um, in Boca Raton. So we'll be back after that. We appreciate you all for joining us. You can follow us on all the socials on the screen right here. Uh, for those listening, you can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore and at CJH Mitchell. Hmm. Uh, we appreciate you all for joining us. Leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe on our YouTube, and we will talk to you later.